morning. Welcome to Bridge Church. Um, like Dustin said, my name is Leela. I have had the opportunity to share a few times um, through over or over the past few months, but I get to share again with you guys today, and I'm super excited. Um, if you haven't been here in the past, we are or in the last few weeks, we're currently in the middle of our Advent series. Um, so we've heard Crystal and Becky talk about hope. Um, the hope that we can have in our God because he's a man of his word. What he says will come to happen. Um, he's proved that to us. Scripture proved that to us time and time again. One of the most beautiful ways um, that it was shown to us is when he spoke through his prophet Isaiah saying, you will receive a son. The son of God is coming to save his people. And sure enough, we received Jesus. Um, last week we heard Steve talk about peace, the peace that we get to live in, the peace that Jesus wants us to live in, the peace that he wants to sit in with us. He wants to sit in this season of life that we're in. He wants to sit in our darkness and our troubles. He wants to sit there with us just because he cares that much about us. And today I have the opportunity to share about joy. The joy that we as believers get to live in every single day. Not just the third week of Advent, the third week of December as we're preparing for Christmas and we're celebrating the week of joy, but joy that as believers we get to live in every single day year round. I want to touch on what Advent is. Um, I grew up in a church. I was <laughs> raised in a Christian family, going to church my entire life, hearing the word Advent, but I had no clue what it was until this December, <laughs> until this year. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just a term that was used for the weeks leading up to Christmas, and while that is the, the case, it has some deeper meaning to it. The season of Advent is the season of preparing or anticipating the coming of Christ. So when we're celebrating Advent now, we're reflecting on the original coming of Christ. We're celebrating that original coming, his birth. The word Advent literally means coming. So when we're celebrating the season of Advent, we're in the weeks leading up to Christmas, we're celebrating the original coming of Christ. Then when we reflect on that, we get to live in the hope. That, see, or that Becky and Crystal talked about. We get to live in the peace. We get to reflect and celebrate the peace that we heard about. And as believers, we get to live in the joy. So something very beautiful happened when Jesus came to earth. There's a common theme in the Old, and New Te or Old Testament <laughs> that there was this divide between God and his people. There was division. There was a gap between God himself and his people. But that all changed when we received Jesus. There was a disconnect, and that divide was broken when, when he came to earth. Matthew 1, verse 23 says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The divide was Jesus. He gapped that bridge. He was God with us. The world was about to receive their missing peace. This baby was about to bring great joy to all people. When Jesus was born, the night that he was born, there were shepherds sitting in a field watching over their flock. And we've read this every single week of Advent. But Luke 2, 11 says, an angel visited the shepherds and said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. I love the second part of it where it says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, like the one that has been spoken about years ago, he's here. He's finally here. Go see him. There's got to be something special about this birth if angels are telling people, go see him. He's going to bring great joy to all people. How could this birth bring joy to me? In my chaos, in my craziness, in all the emotions, all the feels that I have, how could it bring joy to me? But an even bigger task, how could he bring joy to all people? 
what is joy? (laughs) Having joy is the outcome of having a strong and intimate relationship with Christ. It's the overflow of doing life with him and believing that he has everything under control. To truly know Christ is to truly have joy. Joy is the result of the faith I have in Christ. When I know that he's got it, I then react in joy. When I know that he, he has everything under control, I then my response is joy. When I started preparing for this message, I started asking myself if I had joy. And my immediate reaction was no. Um, I was left thinking about all the times that I'm sad or down or angry. I can look at my life now after reflecting and praying on it and say that I'm not always happy, but I am a very joy-filled person. Happiness and joy are not the same thing. Happiness is something that we get from the season of life we're in. It's situational. It's, it's based off material things. right? When I, I, I'm happier in summer than I am winter. Anyone else? <laughs> I'm happier when I get a few extra hours of sleep. I'm not happy when life feels crazy or when I feel like I can't catch a break. But joy and happiness are not the same thing. I've been told in my life many times, Layla, you're so happy all the time. How are you always so happy? And I want to assure you that that is far from the truth. (laughs) Not always happy. But I can say that the past three years of my life, I have been actively wholeheartedly pursuing Jesus, and I've become a very joy-filled person. People watching from the outside see the joy. They see the overflow of me knowing Jesus on a very personal level. They see the smile. They see me getting up and worshiping God, and that is true. Those things are real, but they don't see the seasons of depression. They don't see the outbursts of anger. They don't see the the times in my life where anxiety is controlling me. They don't see that. They see the joy. They see the smile, and that smile they see is joy. It's real. I'm only full of joy because I allowed the man who is coming to bring great news to all people, to bring great joy to all people to change my life. That is why I can stand up here and say that I have joy. There's a misconception that as a believer, you, you have to be happy all the time, that you're just kind of set aside from the trials of life, that it's not going to affect you because you have Jesus, right? <laughs> That's not the case. <laughs> the Lord never promised that it would be easy. He never promised that we would get to skip out on the stuff that kind of sucks. He never promised that. He promised that he would sit there with us. He promised that he'd be my strength. He promised that he'd be my hope. He promised that he would bring me joy. He promised that he would be the peace, but he never promised easy. So how can I experience joy while I'm still suffering? Because if we were never promised easy, that that means we're going to experience things that are no fun. We're going to experience things that aren't really fair but can I still experience joy while I'm going through that? So we know that joy is the result of believing and living a life with Jesus. It's nothing that I can work to get. It's nothing that I can do something enough that I just am handed it. It has nothing to do with Layla. It's something that I'm gifted, all because the Lord just loves me that much. Galatians 5 verse 22 through 23 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So joy is one of the fruits that we receive from the Holy Spirit. So it it has nothing to do with me. James 1 verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
So you mean the seasons of depression? That's an opportunity for great joy? The moments of fear and anxiety where they're controlling me, that's an opportunity for joy? The financial problems, the marital problems, that's an opportunity for great joy? Paul, who is commonly known as the man who was in prison, (laughs) wrote many things while um, serving his time, I guess you could say. Um, But one of the verses um, that he wrote actually leads me into a place of repentance. Philippians 1.11 verse 12 says, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Those are the things we just talked about. Love and joy, peace, patience. The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. So that's saying it's nothing to do with me. It's produced by the Holy Spirit. It's produced by the righteous character of Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory to my God. So when I'm living in that joy, I'm living in that peace, I'm living in the patience, that's bringing glory to my Father. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped spread the good news. Everything, what he means when he says everything that's happened to me here, he means being in prison. He means sitting in a prison cell, most likely chained to a guard, only giving him a few few steps away of freedom, really. He's referring to that, and he's saying that what everything that has happened here has actually helped spread the good news. Paul later goes on in that verse to say that some people are preaching God's word with pure intention and others not so much, but either way, Christ is being preached, so I will rejoice. I'll say it again, I will rejoice. That leads me into a place of repentance because I want to be that person. I want to be the person that whatever life throws at me, it's okay. It's all right. The trials, the things that really just suck, the things that aren't really fair, it shouldn't happen to me, how is it not happening to that person? It's okay. It's an opportunity for great joy. So you know what? I'm going to choose to rejoice. I pray that each one of us in, that, in this room would have that kind of heart posture. A posture of, I don't care what life throws at me. Years in prison like Paul are just news that I don't want to hear, but I'm going to choose to rejoice because I know this is an opportunity for great joy. If I am suffering, I have to believe that there's glory being brought to God somewhere in this. And that suffering is worth, or that, that, that pain, that suffering is worth it if, it's being, if glory is being brought to the Lord. A few years ago, I was in a really dark place. I was just really struggling. Um, anxiety had kind of taken over. I was in just a dark place. And I personally have very vivid dreams. Um, some dreams are just dreams. <laughs> and then other dreams, I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Um, and one particular night, I had a dream, and I was on my knees, and I was crying into my hands, and there were tears just like falling and filling my hands. And a little context for you guys, when I'm in a super intimate place with the Holy Spirit, whether it be during worship or prayer or whatever, I feel this just like peace over me. And I want to say it's, it's like a being that's just over me, but it's very peaceful. It's not scary, but it feels big, and it feels powerful, and I have just kind of said that that's the Holy Spirit. When I'm in an intimate place with him, like I'm in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And in this dream, there was that powerful, peaceful being over me. And I was crying into my hands, and there were tears falling from from the Holy Spirit. There were were tears falling from Jesus' eyes just over me, and they were hitting the floor. So I was watching the tears fall into my hands, but I also could see the tears falling onto the floor. And I woke up, and it was one of those dreams. Have you ever had one that, like, you wake up, and it still kind of shook you up? You just, like, can't really stop thinking about it? Well, I got ready. I went on with my day. Um, And then later that week, I saw one of my friends, and I told her because I was still thinking about it. And without even thinking about it, she said, Lila, the Lord's weeping with you. 
He's crying with you. The Lord hurts when his people are hurting. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. How can he be close to me in my broken heart and not feel with me, not feel those things with me, not be in that hurt place with me? Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we may also be obtained, through him, we also obtain access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Jesus wants us to live in the beauty of the joy that his life brings. He wants us to be joy-filled people. See, life is going to be hard. Again, he never promised easy. There are going to be things that just aren't easy. But he wants us to still experience joy while we're going through those things. Where does this kind of joy come from? Because it doesn't sound like the, the happiness that I find when I wake up in there when I get a few extra hours of sleep. It doesn't sound like the happiness that, you know, a good grade on a test brings me. It doesn't sound like that. So where does this kind of joy come from? Unlike happiness, joy is true satisfaction. Several times throughout scripture, um, joy is described as the full or complete Joy satisfies the heart in ways that temporary things never can. Joy fills the void that we're constantly running to drugs or alcohol or sex or money to fill. Joy fills that spot. Throughout the Old and New Testament, fullness of joy is found in the very presence of our Lord. 1 Chronicles 16.27 says, Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I don't know about you, but wherever there, there is joy and fullness, wherever there are pleasures forevermore, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to sit. And it's telling me that it's in his presence. Joy is a command. We are commanded to be glad. We are commanded to rejoice. We are commanded to shout for joy. Joy is a direct act of obedience in response to what Christ has done. Joy is the result of knowing that when God sent his son for us, he sent it for you and me. When Jesus hung there on the cross, he wasn't hanging there for the person next to you. He was hanging there for both of you. When he said, I'm coming back, I'm sending my Holy Spirit, that was for us. That is where our joy is found. My joy is a response in what he did for me. We have joy because of his life. We have joy because of the ministry he did here on earth, his death on a cross, his death being our key to salvation. And now we get to walk in a lifetime of joy as we anticipate his second coming. He wants us to live in the joy that his life brings. The night that he was born, the angels said that he would bring great joy to all people. See, the very life of Jesus brings joy to people. If we look at his life here on earth, everywhere he went, joy followed him. There were healings in his name that resulted in joy. There were miracles that resulted in joy. There were baptisms that resulted in joy. 
from the very beginning to his birth to the very end of him hanging on a cross for you and I, he brought joy. Our joy comes from the fact that knowing that nothing here on earth can really hurt me because I have my joy in Christ. My joy that I experience and get to live in every day comes from the fact that knowing it doesn't matter what life throws at me, I can still have joy because my God isn't changing. My situation may change. You may be in a season of change or a season of new things that are scary and unfamiliar. You might be struggling in your home with your kids or your spouse. You may be struggling financially, but it doesn't matter because my God hasn't changed yet. See, my circumstance may change, but the God who my joy comes from, he hasn't changed. Way too often the church is living as if we're in a funeral for Jesus. We talk, we talk about his life here on earth. We talk about his ministry. We talk about the hope that he brought, the peace that he brought. And then we talk about his death. And we leave it there. But way too often the church forgets that he said he's coming back to save his people. We shouldn't be doing life in the season of Advent the four weeks leading up to Christmas. We should be doing life in a season of Advent because he's coming back. Advent is the season of preparing and anticipating for the coming of Christ. So instead of Advent being a four-week thing where we reflect on the original coming, we should be living life in a season of Advent when we're preparing for Jesus to come back. That is where my joy comes from. That should be our joy. Our joy should be found in the fact that he died for us, that he sacrificed his own life for you and I. Our joy should be found in the fact that Jesus is coming back and he's coming back to save his people. My joy is found in Christ and Christ alone. And nothing can take that away because he doesn't change. When life feels crazy, when life gets hard and everything is changing, he's the only constant. People change, situations change, life change, but Christ is forever. He's not going anywhere. He's here to stay. No matter how hard we try to push him out or how many times we tell him, I'm too, I've done too much. He's not going anywhere. And that is where our joy comes from. So my prayer for us today, for you guys today, is that my joy, our joy would come from Christ and Christ alone. That we would stop trying to force it to be these situational things around us. That we would let go of control and say, you know what, you're the only thing that brings me joy, so I'm going to let you. My prayer is that we would sit back and allow the God who is coming to bridge the gap, God with us, that we would allow him to come in and to be the good news to all people. That we would allow him to come in and bring great joy into our life. You guys want to pray with me? Okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, God, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you did. I thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you for caring about us so much that you sent your son God, I thank you for caring enough about us that you want us to live in the joy that your life brings. God, I pray that as um, people here listening to what you wanted um, me to say, as people sitting under just your message, God, I pray that we would let go of control and we would allow you to be the joy of our life. That we would let go of control and understand that situations are going to change, but you don't. So our joy shouldn't change when situations around us change because the person who it comes from isn't changing. God, I praise you for that. I thank you for that. And I pray that we would be people that came in with a little bit of joy and we'd be people that leave with a lot of joy.
God, I pray that um, Advent wouldn't just be this, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, God, but it would be a lifestyle. That we would be people who are preparing and anticipating the second coming of Christ. God, I thank you for being our source of joy. And I pray that that would be true in our life today. In Jesus' name, amen.